0: A couple of weeks ago the Lord I believe spoke to me and said it's time to dust off my testimony so what you're going to hear today is part of my testimony and <clears throat> there's a scripture that lines up with me and it's about Israel in the Old Testament prophesied by Isaiah chapter 48 and I'm going to read through it it's 22 verses but it's conveniently split up into two parts The stubborn part, which I'll tell you about, and the freedom part, and I'll tell you about that too. Isaiah 48, and this is the NIV translation. It resonates with me because I picked that up 20 years ago and finally got to understand what the Lord was saying in today's English. Isaiah 48. Listen to this, you descendants of Jacob. You who are called by the name of Israel and come from the line of Judah. You who take oaths in the name of the Lord and invoke the God of Israel, but not in truth or righteousness. You who called yourselves citizens of the holy city and claim to rely on God of Israel, the Lord Almighty is his name. I foretold you. The former things long ago, my mouth announced them, and I made them known. Then suddenly I acted, and then, and they came to pass. For I knew how stubborn you were. Your neck muscles were iron, your forehead was bronze. Therefore I told you these things long ago, Before they happened, I announced them to you so that you could not say, My idols brought them about. My wooden image and metal God ordained them. You have heard these things. Look at them all. Will you not admit them? From now on, I will tell you of new things, of hidden things unknown to you. They are created now and not long ago. You have not heard of them before today. So you cannot say, yes, I knew them. You have, either, you have neither heard nor understood from of old. Your ears have not been open. Well do I know how treacherous you are. You were called a rebel from birth. From my own names, for my own name's sake I delayed my wrath. For the sake of my praise, I hold it back from you so as not to destroy you completely. Hmm. See, I have refined you. Though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do this. How can I let myself be defamed I will not yield my glory to another. Listen to me, Jacob, Israel, whom I called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. My own hand laid the foundations of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens when I summoned them. They all stand up together. Come together, all of you, and listen. Which of the idols has foretold these things? The Lord's chosen ally will carry out this purpose, his purpose against Babylon. His army will be against the Babylon's. I, even I, have spoken. Yes, I have called him. I will bring him, and he will succeed in his mission. Come near to me and listen to this. From the first announcement, I have not spoken in secret. All the time it happens, I am there. And now the sovereign Lord has sent me, endowed with his spirit. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you who directs you in the way you should go. That's a major one for me. If you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your well-being like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sand. Your children, like its numberless grains, their name would never be blotted out nor destroyed from before me. Leave Babylon, flee from the Babylonians, announce this with shouts of joy and proclaim it. Send it out to the ends of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the desert. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and water gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for who you are, for your patience, your wisdom, especially your patience. You never leave us or forsake us. You never abandon us. You never let us go totally our own way. And then you are ready to send the one we need to know and need to hear and need to see. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God like that, that loves us, that saves us, even from ourselves, heals our pain, heals our diseases, heals our iniquities, and gives us life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I was going to bring a box of Kleenex up here because one of the things that the Lord did for me was he released me from being someone who hid things inside. And I tend to get emotional now. And uh, so if I do, I don't apologize for it. I'm thankful to God that he has released me from the bondage of secrecy and from hiding myself behind an image that protected me from all things. I was very fearful, mostly because I had a very low self-esteem. And that would... Thank you, brother. Bless you. (laughs) And I did. I had a very low self-esteem. And uh, without going into a lot of how that came about... But a lot of our character comes from how we're brought up. You know, how we see our parents act and how we see our friends act and how we relate with growing up. And then we carry that into our adult life. And then all of a sudden we come to a situation where, whoops, you get caught up in the lie. And that was me. I mean, I manufactured a persona for you to see that I wanted you to see. And it's manipulation. There's a lot of prefabrication and a lot of things that go with that. And I'm not very really proud of that. But I'm not like that anymore. I hope you see that. I am not like that anymore. And the reason I'm not is because I did find a way to the truth. The truth. Someone said, it may be true, everything that happened to you, it might be true. But it's not the truth. Who is the truth? I found out the difference. All those things that happened to me in the past were were true, and they may have defined me for a time. It may have given me a character that I was not very proud of. It may have given me a persona that i thought was fooling everybody but in the end it didn't but i'm so glad that i found a way that's different from the way i used to be the, a new life now that's the that's what happened you know things that happened to me up that char, you know characterized me up until the age of 41 and At the age of 41, I found myself in a terrible mess, financially and with my marriage. And uh, some of you know, our family moved here in 1966. So in 1988, after an argument with my ex-wife, wife at the time, I came to stay for the long weekend in July with my parents here in Waterloo for the weekend now my brother he gave his heart to the Lord a year earlier and he had already enrolled in Renison Renaissance, in Renaissance to get his BA and then he continued to get his Master's Divinity at OTS which is now Tyndale and he had developed a good relationship in the church he was going to and he found himself in a good job with his wife and they served in a Condominium or a high-rise complex, mainly for seniors, over on Beverly Street. Some of you know that place, and they were the they were part of the superintendent group that, of that place. And he invited he had a big apart two-story apartment. <laughs> I've never seen one before, and he invited me over because <clears throat> he knew I was struggling. And he said, "Lori, come on over. I got a friend here with me." <clears throat> so I thought it was just you know. The same old, same old with my brother and I, you know. We got into a lot of trouble together, (laughs) which we talk about, uh, only to remember where we came from. And so I went over, you know. And my brother and I were very close. And his uh, buddy's name was Dwayne. He was a lot younger than Richard and I. But he was was quite a guy, young man. I'm guessing at that point he was around 20 years old. And so we talked, and I was telling what's going on, and Richard said, well, you need Jesus. (laughs) You need Jesus. And I'm thinking, ugh, because I knew he had given his life to the Lord a year earlier, and it, boom, took off. And I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't, boom, ready to take off, but they prayed. I said, okay. So I got on my knees, and they prayed for me. Nothing spectacular happened, but that was the beginning of a process that I went through. The process that took a lot of the ugliness out of my life. I was not a good communicator. My mom always said, we never know what Laurie's doing because he never tells us. That was great for me. I just loved that. you know. I didn't want you to know what was really going on. So I never told anybody. And that, of course, affected my marriage, which ended up in divorce. And from 1988 to 1995, an opportunity to converse with my ex never happened because I didn't know how to talk to her about it. And we went through some major disappointments. One in particular, firstborn daughter passed away after three weeks. She was, a tw- she was born at 22 weeks. And the daughter I have now, who's going to be 31 on Wednesday, and I love her to bits, she was 27 weeks premature. Not 27 premature, but born at 27 weeks. And if I want to be happy, I just, will, I just go and hang out with Leanne. Her name's Leanne. I just go and hang out with her because she's always smiling, never has a bad word for me, and, and loves her dad as I love her. She can't live on her own, but her mom, she lives with her mom, uh, is looking after her. Right now we're trying to find a place for her because, you know, we're getting up there and she needs a place that she can have personal care. She does work at uh, Christian Horizons in Milton. And if you know the one here, it's some, it's it's the same. And uh, so she's got a job and she gets a taxi back and forth, you know, and uh You know, it's just great. But I did not know how to talk to my wife about Jesus. In fact, I wasn't even sure that I made the commitment fully. I wasn't even sure that I wanted to go that step. I wasn't sure. That's the self-worth, you know, gnawing away. Was I ready? I didn't think so. So for seven years from 88 to 95, things blew up. And uh, my wife asked me to leave, and I ended up over at the family home in 1995. And I said, oh, I'll be here two or three months. And I'm still here. Do the math. A lot has happened in that time. But little did I know that God was already at work from day one when I decided. You know, I decided, but I didn't decide, if you know what I mean yes, no, yes, no. And it was during that time, 1995, 96, I met, it, you know, it, God is good. He brings a friend here. His name's Ian. You know Ian. Bonnie's husband. And <laughs> there was a lady at at All Saints and I was going that there begrudgingly at the time. I was very angry. But he was going there too and My mother took a long trip to England and Ian was on his own. I think, Bonnie, you were in maybe Arizona at the time. And uh, this dear lady, her name was Dorothy. Was it Dorothy? Yeah, Dorothy. She's passed on now. She invited us for for dinner and I got to meet this lovely man. (laughs) And we've been friends ever since. And things from that point, you know, that when you get a friend that you can, that that you don't have to do, you know, you don't have to show somebody else to, you know. He was just Ian, you know. And so I could become just Lori. And that was the beginning of a new phase. So in 1995 fast forward to nineteen ninety seven, that was that was when things really started to happen. Eighty eight to ninety five is a seven year desert experience because I wasn't involved. Ninety five to two thousand and two was another seven year desert experience, but this time he was working on me to hear his voice, not working not me trying to get out of the desert. He wanted me he, he kept me there. And he had his ways of keeping me there. And one of the things he did was my brother said, You need to go to Jacob's Well. Now, if you don't know what Jacob's Well is, it's a ministry over here in Baden that predominantly ministers to both marriages and to um, blessings and curses, the Derek Prince teachings. And my brother went through and got freed of a bunch of stuff. And I said, oh, you know, I'll try that. And I did. I went there, and I, it was just a weekend deal. It wasn't a long uh, one-week thing. And I cut face-to-face with some stuff, you know. And uh, it was good. It was just another layer coming off, though. It was just the start of me getting real with me, you know, being honest with myself. And the same year, 97, my brother has now graduated from uh, OTS and he has got his master's divinity and he's now a pastor with the Vineyard Church. Now, you know about the Vineyard Church. He was actually in Toronto in 1994 when the touchdown came and he was on the ministry team dealing with all that stuff that was going on there. To say that my brother is in touch with the Holy Spirit would be an understatement. He is very much in tune with what Holy Spirit is doing because of that experience. And he said uh, there's a conference coming to Binghamton Park. It's the Vineyard North American Conference. And John Wimber was going to be there. Now, I hadn't met John, but he, my brother is telling me about him. i watched some of his videos and I still watch some of them. are on YouTube. And uh, that was one of the last things he did because he, was pa- he passed in 2004. The last several years of his ministry, he was not able to function physically because of his cancer. But I got to meet him. I also got to meet a man by the name of Gary Best from Langley, B.C. And on the Friday night, during the ministry time and he's preaching he calls he's preaching like are you do you really want Jesus in your life? are you had Jesus in your life but you're not really doing much? and I'm hearing every word not only am I hearing every word I'm sitting there and my feet are burning I kid you not. They were just... Have you ever had that sensation? My feet were burning. And I couldn't sit down. My rear end was burning. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And (laughs) so he had the altar call at the end. And I'm sitting there. We're in the front row. And there's aisles on either side of us. a little wider than this. And I'm in the front row with my brother. We're on sort of the corner of one of the sections. And Gary... Does the altar call, and I'm waiting. I'm sitting there, and my feet are just like, ugh, I can hardly stand. I can hardly sit. And I said, I wonder if anybody else is. And I can't see anybody. And I decided to stand up, and my brother went, bam, right off his chair, bread eagle on the floor. And I went and rededicated myself in 1997. Did it end there? <laughs> what i just read about being stubborn i still thought i could do a lot of my own and i still thought i could get the the golden ring in business you know and make all this money and da, 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 da so my gods were in the wrong area right i had small g gods and not the god and so i went through an experience of losing everything and in 2008 i'm in listowel having sold the house over here my mom had passed and My brother and I inherited that and we split it all up and everything. I had sold the house just enough to buy something in in Listowel and I spent a year in Listowel to the day. And while I was there, my brother in his inimitable love said, you know, Laurie, sometimes God has to take everything away just to get your attention. Just to get your attention nineteen eighty eight two thousand and eight <laughs> there's a twenty year overlap here. you can see this now right in in two thousand and eight, I started getting active with with churches downtown and and ministries downtown and stuff and what happened in that is I got to see what else. Is going on. I think I, in my the last time I preached, I told you about the, the situation I had with getting involved in the in the disagreements over here. And there were two churches at that time, and <clears throat> I got very angry about that. And you know, righteous Laurie, now I'm going to go out and fix things. And boom, he says, go out and see what I'm doing. So I did, and I found Jesus at work, not men or women. Yes, they were working, but I saw Jesus actually in these people doing some great things. And the next year, two thousand and nine, I am now boarding. I've downsized twice at this point. I'm now boarding in a house. Happen to be friends of our uh, of my brothers whom I met in this process. And a year later he has a hot tub. His name was Tom Patfield. I don't know if anybody remembers Tom. He's gone to be with the Lord now. I said to my brother, I said, you know, I think I need to be baptized. 20 years later, after getting saved, I did not have an immersion baptism. I have had Holy Spirit baptism. I got that at Jacob's well. But I tell you, the day I got baptized in Tom's hot tub was another m- massive change. And from that point to this, I've been on fire, I mean really on fire for the Lord. I have, I have wanted him in my life more than I ever wanted anything else, more than I wanted money, more than I wanted fame, more than I wanted houses, more than I wanted, and wanted, I wanted. He came first now. And when you look at this passage in the Bible, this whole chapter 48, when, when I read it carefully, when I read it carefully, it speaks about me. Now, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not boasting or being arrogant. It's my life. I was stubborn. There are many things that I needed to get rid of the idols in my life. And he says here that he told me everything. And he did. He kept telling me stuff, kept telling me stuff, kept telling me stuff, but I ignored him. I didn't pay attention to what he was doing. Because I thought I knew it all. He says, you call yourselves citizens of the holy city and claim to rely on God of Israel. The Lord Almighty is his name. You claim to be that way, but you're not. I wasn't. And then he comes in. This is a prophecy, by the way, of, of, of the exile to Babylon. There was an Assyrian takeover of Jerusalem shortly after this some 20 years but this is really a prophecy about Cyrus when he came into Babylon and freed Israel once again and brought them back to Jerusalem I needed to get that kind of freedom I needed to have someone I could hang out with that would be like a would be like a like um Ezra or or Nehemiah or, or uh, Zerubbabel. These are the men that led the people out. And, and be like Ezekiel who was a prophet to them and be like Daniel who prayed for them. All of these things made up, whatever happened in, in Babylon in exile, all of those things needed to be done or needed to happen in order for them to come out. And that's basically what happened with me. I started to find people who were prayer warriors. I found people who knew a lot. I found people that could teach me about things. Not just the Bible, but about life. About the things I did wrong. I had to repent for a lot of stuff. And I asked the Lord, I said, I said, Lord, I want you to remind me every time or remind me of, of someone that I have not asked forgiveness for. Someone I have wronged. And there was a list. And faithfully we went through the whole list. But there's every once in a while someone comes up in my spirit and I gotta stop and I have to say, Okay, Lord, thank you, and I pray. I ask forgiveness. And Lord, if that person is still around today that you would touch him with by your spirit. And if there's a possibility that I know this person is around and I can go to that person. Let me go, but I have to be careful that I don't go with them not knowing because sometimes that can happen, you know. Sometimes you can go to somebody and say, I'm really sorry, and they're saying, for what? They're saying, for what? So you have to be careful when that happens. (laughs) You have to be sure that the person you're going to ask forgiveness from actually knows Don't go surprising them, because if they don't know, then it's between you and God. It's not between you and that person anymore. It's always between you and God anyway. It's not about just the other person. It is about you and God. One of the things I'm very grateful for is the opportunity to actually sit in Bible studies and learn. And what happens when you do that, God will duplicate it. And he happened to be able to do that with me. And I've had many opportunities to sit with people one-on-one or in groups, read Scripture, talk about them, and the Lord shows me things. He's given me that kind of gift of of being able to read something from Scripture and apply it for myself or in a group setting what it might what God might be saying for the group or an individual in that group I, I just have that gift and I I sometimes wonder why <laughs> and sometimes I I say wow oh, I should have said something you know you know that happens oh, I missed that opportunity that happens quite a bit but at the same time there's opportunities that you have to speak to someone through scripture And you're not speaking to that person by name, but you're speaking to that person by his spirit. And if that person is ready, they'll receive it. That's what happened with me. When I became ready, and I was in a situation where I'm with people that knew what they were talking about and knew how to unpack the word, I received it. And one of the things I asked the Lord to do was to remind me just as he said in John of everything you told me and teach me everything I need to understand, and i 'll tell you, uh, Ian, you remember uh Jerry Fairhead one time we're we we're, we're out in the narthex that the we call the lobby they call the narthex, right bill or uh, Barry the narthex, remember that. <laughs> And we're standing there talking, and I said, I, don't, I can't remember what I'm supposed to do. And uh, I don't know if I can do this or not. And he said, quoting, uh, I think John twenty, John 15, 23, or John 14, 23, or something like that, where it says, Jesus said, I'll send you another, just like me. And he'll teach you, remind you, and teach you. And he's been faithful to that. And, you know, I just encourage you to do that, too, you know. Yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. He's pretty friendly. He doesn't do wild and crazy things like sometimes we see, but he's gentle. He is gentle in spirit. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. I am humble in spirit, and I will give you rest. And another thing he he told me that you know, there's fruit in the Spirit. Uh, the spiritual gifts, there's fruit. And the last one, I think, is just for me. That's my nature, right? This must be just for me. Self-control. Self-control. And I needed a lot of that. I needed a lot of self-control in my life. I needed to be led by the Spirit and be, be submit to Him and to be careful of what I say and do keeping others in mind. And I was very selfish growing up. I was really selfish. So this is a, this is a way for me to come to those things that he wants me to, to know and do. And if I'm not open to Holy Spirit's teaching and yielding to him, then I'm, nothing's going to happen. And one of my favorite scriptures is... Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you something my sister-in-law gave me, and then we're going to go to a short video, which is only three minutes. This is a word my sister-in-law gave me in May 10th, 2009. And we're in men's group at that point. I was attending a men's group at my brother's house. And I encourage you, if you get a word given to you, that you receive it and pray about it and see what the Lord is going to unpack for you. So the Lord has shown me a message for you. I see your struggle, says the Lord. I see how our enemy Satan has used criti- uh, criticism to, to, keep you, uh, to keep you running flat out in order to cover your basis. I see how you have guarded your heart against the world, and against me. That's what I used to do. I know the cruelty of men. I know the pain of failure. Historically, I was, disappoint- I was a disappointment to the world. They hated me. But I tell you the truth. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for, you, for those who love him. But I long to show you who you were created to be. I have put in you a double portion of my might fashioned in the likeness of David's mighty men of long ago. I put a warrior's heart in you. Prepare for me a place. Focus on resting in me. Lay your head upon my breast as my friend John did and I will teach you to quiet your mind and spirit. I have so much to share with you. Don't look or worry about your circumstances. I have no use for them. That was a biggie. I want you. I want you. I want your attention for there's so much to tell you about your future and your hope. Stand tall, my mighty warrior. You are a might. You are are my winner for I have made you so I will father you as you have never dreamed Lori I am especially fond of you I'm pleased with you it is my wonderful pleasure to call you my son says the Lord my word is yes and amen that was written to me by my sister-in-law who could read me like a book. I tell you, she knew me like real, I'd, you know, be in the room for five minutes and she'd, she'd tell you what's going on. I want you to just watch this three and a half minute video and then I'm going to close this out. I'm sorry I've taken a bit more time than usual, but I just felt I needed to get something going here. I'm not going, but something that I needed to share. And uh, I hope that It blessed you in some way. So,
1: okay. Your standing is, who are you really in your placement in Jesus? What are you portraying? Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Your standing is who you are in Jesus. Your confession of all that God wants to be for you and all that God wants to do for you. So your standing is that you're a new creation. You're a people for His possession. You're a royal priesthood. You're alive to God. All grace abounds towards you. All sufficiency is in you through Him. You're anointed. You're the apple of God's eye. As He is, so are we in this earth. You're baptized into one spirit. You're baptized into Christ and His death. You're being perfected. You are the beloved. You are blameless. You're blessed. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings. You've got bold access to the throne of God. You're as bold as a lion because you're born again you're part of the bride you're buried with Christ in his death you can do all things in Christ you're chosen you're a chosen generation Christ indwells you with all his fullness you're a co-heir with Christ you're created for good words you're curse free you're dead to sin you're dead with Christ you're declared holy you're a disciple you're elect you're enriched everything works in your favor You're enriched in all knowledge. You're faithful. You're a fellow citizen. You're free. You're free from sin. He's freely given you all things. You're a friend of Christ. You're fruitful. You're gifted. You're given all things. You're the habitation of God. You have the mind of Christ. He's at work in you. He is for you, not against you. You're healed. You're hidden in Christ. You're highly favored. You are His body. You are His fullness. You are His possession. You are His workmanship. You are a holy nation. You're a holy priesthood. You're increasing in the knowledge of God, you're inseparable from the love of God, you're a jewel in his eye, you're a joint heir with Jesus, you're justified, the kingdom of God is within you, you're a king, you're a priest, you're a ruler, you're known by him, you're lacking in nothing, you're the light of the world, you're living by faith, you live by God's word, you're a living stone, you're made in his image, you're made rich in everything, you're more than a conqueror, you're a new creation, you're a sound mind, you are ordained, you are a different people, You're the people of God. You're the pillars of God. You are prepared for good works. You are protected, purified, raised with Christ in resurrection life. You are redeemed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ you're a royal priesthood, you're a saint, you're the salt of the earth, you're sanctified, you're saved, you're sealed, you're seated with Him in heavenly places, you're a servant of God, you share His authority, you're the sheep of His pasture, you're a shining star, you're a son of God, you're a son of light, you're a steward of the mysteries, you're strengthened by Him, you are the elect of God, you are the friends of God, you are the fullness of life and godliness, all belong to you. You are the righteousness of God. You are the temple of God. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are transformed. You're a vessel of glory. You're a vessel of honor. You walk by faith. You walk in newness of life. You are a warrior. You are the the wise. You are witnesses. And you are absolutely worthy of the Lord.
0: Amen. Amen. I hope you received that. It's for each and every one of you. It spoke to me a lot. Great. That's Graham Cook, by the way. Uh, I met him years ago with my brother, and he has got a great ministry going on in California. Obviously a Brit, as you can tell by, the language, by his accent. So I just want to say, bless you, and may the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you as you go forward today in serving the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.